on, you got 10 more seconds. Come on. That's a golf clap. I'm talking about the King of Kings and Lords. Come on, stage you from anything. Come on, give him a big shout of praise right now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Why don't you high-five your neighbor say, welcome to a packed 945 service. Come on. I want to uh, do, do it, everybody, if you don't mind, for just a second, I'm going to look at those cameras again. And this service we knew would be heavy. Wasn't exactly sure how many of you would show up during this time, uh, but really thankful for you. Uh, this is a great problem to have, okay? It's not a problem. This is a great thing to have, okay? Had a great 815 service, and then a lot of you are here at, at a 945. I will tell you, do we do have an 1115 service? We'll see how that goes today. Um, and really excited for that. But I want to look at those cameras. We actually, in this service, got as many chairs as we possibly could that's safe for you and we even have people right now in overflow and additional seating on the other side of this wall right here so come on everybody in the room can we tell them thank you for watching on the screen being here with us you're with us you're in the room with us so man i'm thankful for all of them over there y'all are y'all are y'all are crazy and i like it i like it y'all y'all literally took seriously let's go this year didn't you uh, that's my word. I feel like on top of stretch for the year, but really thankful for you. Once you grab your Bibles, uh, I'm really thankful that you're here at church today. If you don't mind grabbing your Bibles and stand in honor of God's word, if you're able, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four Gospels, eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. And uh, Mark or Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to be. Uh, so go to the Newer Testament if you don't have a Bible. we got a big, giant Bible. It's going to be off on this big screen and these little big screens on the side. So, all right, you can check those out. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm excited that you're here. We're starting a new series today called It's Complicated, and we're talking about relationships. Go ahead and tap your neighbor and say, it's just complicated. It's just complicated. I get it. It's just complicated. It's just complicated, uh, and uh, I, I'm excited for that. I'm ready for that. I hope you are as well. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things over the next couple of weeks. going to have a lot of fun together. And again, I want to tell you, if you want a little bit more breathing room, 815 has got a little bit more breathing room, and then we'll see what 1115 looks like. But I'm glad that you're in the house today. If you need a second to find Luke chapter 17, say, hold up. Everybody good? If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Awesome. I think we're ready to go. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 says this, As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men, how many men? Come on, make sure you pay attention so far. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And the Bible says in verse 14 that he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. The Bible says this, and I think this is important. We'll talk about it. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. But one of them, when he saw what he was, that he had, was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Somebody shout, praise God. Come on, shout like you've just been healed. Somebody say, praise God. Yeah, I like it. Praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Now, I love this passage of Scripture. I love looking at the life of Jesus. We're going to look at this story today, specifically when we talk about it's complicated, because all of us, we're honest. If we are honest, our relationships, they can be complicated. And I'm going to talk today around this idea of toxic relationships. Come on, somebody say, ooh, yeah, toxic relationships. We're going to talk about that today, but let's pray a really long prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll have a seat after that. Lord, we love you. We honor you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. Once you high-five your neighbor, say you look good and sound good at church today. Look good and sound good at church today. 
Awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. So thankful for you. Believe today is going to be an incredible day. And uh, just really glad that you're at church. And so, come on, let's just be honest. Show of hands in the room. How many of us would be honest and say, you know what? Relationships, yeah, they're complicated. Come on, wait a minute if that's you. I'm talking about any relationship. I'm talking about relationships with your family. I'm talking about relationships with your kids. I'm talking about dating relationships. I'm talking about relationships with the in-laws. Come on, somebody, right? I'm talking about relationships at work. I'm talking about all of those things. One more time, how many of us think it's complicated? Come on. I think all of us in the room, right? I think all of us, we would agree that our, 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 when it comes to relationships, things can get complicated. And I want to I take a, a moment of, of the next couple weeks and walk through this idea of unpl- uncomplicating our complicated relationships. Come on, right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to try and work through that together. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, and I encourage you every week, show up, get ready, take some notes. I think there's some stuff that we can learn as we open the Word of God and see what it has to say. Today, I want to just clarify, before we get started, when I say toxic relationships, I, I, I want to just clarify something today. Uh, but, but first of all, I, I think all of us, we can understand that relationships are complicated. You know why? Because we're in it. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Because every relationship, you know what we bring into it? Trauma, drama, daddy or mama. Come on, somebody, right? Like, that's what we're bringing to it. All right? So if you can imagine for a second all of us bringing that into a relationship, no wonder it's complicated, okay? And I I say toxic relationships. I want to clarify something before we jump in. I'm not talking about an abusive relationship today. I want to just very just clarify up front, like if if you happen to be in a physically abusive, verbal abusive, emotional abusive relationship, I'm going to tell you, you need to tell somebody. You need to let somebody know that you are in that relationship. You need to let somebody know uh, because, listen, I, I, that, is, that is very dangerous for you. Uh, but I, I think it's dangerous if you don't tell somebody as well. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody. We got incredible people here at this church that if you, you f- can feel confident telling that we want to come alongside of you and help you if you are in the middle of something like that. So when I say toxic, I'm not, I'm not talking about those kind of relationships today, even though I do know that those exist, okay? I know that that is something that is happening. And I want to just talk to us today, honestly, and, and this idea of toxic relationships. Not all toxic relationships are abusive, but all abusive relationships are toxic. Come on, somebody, right? I think we can understand that. So when I say toxic relationship, I'm talking about a relationship at, uh, with your coworkers, a friendship, a family member, a dating relationship. I'm talking about all of those things today. Everybody okay? Come on, everybody just buckle up. Come on, everybody make the click noise. Come on. Come on, we buckling up because we're going to talk about it today. Everybody okay with that? I want to talk to us when uh, this idea of toxic, and I want you to write this down. I think we've got to have some clarity on what toxic actually is, what it looks like. And so toxic, the definition, if you go to Webster, you type it in, this is what you're going to find. Toxic is containing or being poisonous material, especially when capable of causing death or serious debilitation. That's what the definition of toxic actually is, okay? I want you to see that. I want you to know that. And I want you to see that toxic relationships, that's the definition of it. And so when we say toxic relationships, we're talking unhealthy, ungodly, jealous, controlling, manipulative, gaslighting, constantly critical, walking on eggshells, blaming and shaming, habitual lying and dishonesty, drama, just to name a few. Come on, somebody, right? 
Those are just some, some characteristics of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about toxic relationships. I think what we can do is actually go to our scripture today that we just read and learn some ideas, some principles from the Bible about how we handle, how we deal with toxic relationships. I want to give us a little bit of context, though, of Luke 17. Everybody okay with that? Luke 17, let me give you a little backstory, a little bit of what's going on right here. Luke is actually, if you know anything about Luke, Luke, before he followed Jesus, was actually a doctor. So he was a doctor, and Luke is, this is the only scripture of the Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John eyewitness accounts to the life of Jesus that actually records this miracle that takes place of the ten lepers being healed of leprosy. And I think that's pretty incredible because, again, if you go and you look at the Bible, what we find a lot of times, if we're honest, is that there are um, a, a lot of miracles for the one, right? And we did an entire series back at the end of last year for the one. Somebody say, for the one. Yeah, last Sunday even, we talked about for the one, a man with a withered hand, right? We talked about that. You know about the woman with the issue of blood. You know about all of these things that happen one-on-one when it comes to an actual miracle taking place. But this one right here trips me up a little bit because I, I don't remember a whole lot of miracles in the Bible where God did it for a whole, whole small group. Come on, somebody, right? I don't remember it happening like that. I, I don't remember, other than feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000, I don't really ever can see anywhere in the Bible where, where Jesus actually does a miracle quite like this. And I start thinking about it. We, we have not just one leper that Jesus touches like he does in another passage of Scripture and another leper, not just one leper. We've got not just two, not five, but we got ten men who are struggling with leprosy, who have this disease known as leprosy. And I want you to understand something about leprosy. Leprosy was toxic. Somebody say toxic. Toxic. It was contagious. It was bad. Like literally, if you study the Bible, you will find out that the leprosy is the, it's like the one of the most debilitating, one of the most demoralizing and defeating diseases that you can have in your life, you could contract. It was so contagious. People didn't even know how they would get it. It's the most deadly disease out there with no cure, it seemed. What I want you to see is that, again, it would start as one little spot on your arm and the thing would spread to your whole body. It would start as one spot and then would spread, and so slowly you would die. And then what happens is it's not just that your body is hurting, but psychologically what you'd have to do is anywhere that you showed up, you know what you have to do if you at the Kroger's? Come on, somebody with an S, Kroger's. I, I know it's not Kroger's, but I like to say it like an old man. Come on, right? Kroger's, if you showed up at Kroger's, guess what? You couldn't be anywhere near anybody, and anytime anybody came close, you know what you had to shout? Unclean! Unclean! Like, as many times as you can, just because they could not come any closer. Like, you need to know, hey, whoa, 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 unclean, unclean. I'm, I'm toxic. I, I have a toxic thing in my body. I need you to know it. And it's contagious. And so what happened is, is you would do that. The moment that you found out that you had leprosy, it became a death sentence for you. Became a death sentence for you. And what you would find out is that you would be taken away from your family, your kids, your job, church, synagogue. And can you just imagine the loneliness for just a second? Can you imagine not only the physical pain that's taking place in your body, but the psychological pain that's going on? And what I see that's wild to me is that you were supposed to be isolated Whenever you were, uh, whenever you were uh, uh, diagnosed, I guess, with leprosy, when you were uh, contracted leprosy. But what we find right here in Luke chapter 17 is we find a group of men who are together and they all have leprosy. And I got to thinking about it. I think there's something we can learn when it comes to relationships about that. Because when you had leprosy, you were supposed to be isolated and away from community. But here comes Jesus walking into Galilee from Samaria and these ten men 
are gathered together and the first thing that I think that we can learn about toxic relationships, about toxicity in our life, and I want you to write this down, I think note takers or history makers, come on, write some stuff down, is that toxicity is contagious. Toxicity is contagious. Leprosy was a dangerous, toxic disease. Contagious, capable of causing death or serious debilitation, right? As the word toxic is described. And we see that even though that is the case, toxicity loves some company, right? Toxicity loves company. Toxicity is contagious. Have you ever heard that saying back in the day, birds of a feather, what? Yeah, birds of a feather flock together. You've heard that before. I, I think that's so true because what happens is, especially with toxicity and toxic relationships, have you ever noticed that the negative people love gravitating towards other negative people? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the negativity sells, right? Negativity is the thing that, that news uh, love to spread. Like this idea of, have you ever noticed really quick that offended people love being around other offended people? Like, we're just all offended. Everybody's offended. You're offended. I'm offended that you're offended. You know, like, it's just everybody's offended. They love being around. Have you ever noticed that critical people love being around other critical people? Right? Can you believe what she was wearing at church today? I know, girl. Did you see her? I mean, like, okay. Critical people. Toxicity is contagious. Have you ever noticed, though, that what you find out is that what we love to do is we love to build around the wrong things. We love to build community. We love to build our life. We love to build our relationships a lot of times around the wrong things. And what I begin to find out is that there's a lot of people that are connecting around a bar on a weekend, but they're building it on the wrong thing. And what I want to challenge with us today, we see right here in Scripture, there's this connection between these ten men, but it's a connection on disease. It's a connection around a sickness. It's a connection around toxicity. What I want to tell you is, as I was thinking about, okay, what can I share with our people about the Bible and what the Bible have to say about relationships and people that you surround yourself with? Watch what Proverbs 13, 20 says. It says, walk with the wise, and guess what's going to happen? Become wise, right? But watch what it says. Associate with fools mm, and get yourself in some trouble, right? Come on, tap your neighbor and say, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Tap your other neighbor you pick second and say, I'm not a fool, but don't you be a fool, all right? Don't be a fool. I like, okay, what, what that's telling me is there's some stuff that's contagious out there. There's some stuff in relationships that's contagious that we need to find. And we need to just make sure that that's not what we're putting ourselves in. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, for bad company corrupts good character. And this is what that leads me for you to write down. Toxicity is contagious, and this is what I want to tell you. Your environment matters. That your environment matters. That, that, here's my thing, is that what, who you surround yourself with ultimately will be who you become. I'm going to say it again. Who you surround yourself with will ultimately be who you become. And I, this is what I know, y'all, is that all of us, we love community. I think we were created with community at heart, like uh, we are a, serving a community type God, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's community in the God that we serve. He created you in His image, and so He created all of us with, it, with community at heart, that your desire for relationships, you have a desire to connect with people. You were created for connection and community, but that's why I have to tell you today 
that when it comes to choosing relationships that you put yourself in, friendships that you are around, how involved you are with that family or that family member, listen to me, you have to watch who you community with. you got to watch who you community with. And I can't help but just remind us that your environment matters. Your environment matters. Now, I can't help but think about the parable from uh, literally Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. Have you ever heard that before? If you haven't, okay, it's okay. I'll tell you really quick. The parable of the sower is about a seed, literally a seed, that what would happen is is that seed would be be thrown on some soil. What you need to find out is that there was four different types of soil that that seed would land on. There was a rocky soil, and not rocky top soil. Good night after last night. That was terrible. Okay, that's another conversation. So sorry. ADHD, I am the real pastor. It's okay, okay. I want, I want to tell you, some landed on the path, some landed on the good soil, some landed on the rocky soil, some landed on the thorny soil. And here's what I want you to know, is that there is so much potential in a seed. Like, I want you to hear something. There is so much. Think about a seed. From a seed, what comes out of that? And I want to challenge you with something today, that your relationships are that seed. That your life is that seed. And I'm going to tell you that your environment matters. What you decide to surround yourself with matters. And if we follow the parable of the sower, what we find is that, guess what, that seed that landed on the thorns, guess what, it choked it out. Man, it didn't have any life. Man, if it fell on the, on the rocky path, guess what, it had, it had a little bit of death, but not a whole lot. It sprung up really quick, and when the sun came out, it blasted that stuff. And I just try to tell you, I'm trying to encourage you that, guess what, yours and my life and our relationships are the same way. That your environment matters. Who you surround yourself with matters. And my question is this. Who are you commutating with? That's not a word, but I made it up, okay? Who are you connecting with? Who are the people that are around you? Listen to me. Some of us wonder why our lives feel so toxic. And I would be inclined to say that your environment that you're in, who you surround yourself is toxic. So don't be surprised when you are. I'm going to challenge you. Is it okay if I do that this year? It's stretch. Come on, it's a year of stretch. We're going to do it. We're stretching right now. I'm just trying to stretch your faith a little bit that your toxicity is contagious and your environment matters. Why does your environment matter so much? I think it matters because the longer you stay in an environment, how many of us know, guess what, the more comfortable it becomes? Right? The longer I'm around something and I'm okay with it, the the more comfortable it becomes. The more complacent that I begin. So I want to tell you this. Toxicity leads to complacency. Toxicity leads to complacency. Once you're around toxic, it just feels like the norm. It just feels like this is how it's supposed to be. I believe the lepers in this story, guess what they did? They rallied around. They became complacent in their toxicity. They became just, oh, you know what? I mean... I don't really know. We're just going to hang out together. All of our stuff, we're all messed up. And in one way, they are right. All of us in the room, we're all messed up, right? But, but they let their toxicity lead to complacency, which pretty much was them saying, you know what, I'm accepting the fact that nothing will ever be different and that health is not attainable. And I believe we do the same thing when it comes to toxic relationships. It's always like this. This is, normal. This is what a normal relationship looks like. This is what it might be like, how, the, how, how normal people talk to other people, how other relationships go, what's the use, and I, I just want to tell you, I, I, I want to challenge you, can I do that really quick, is everybody okay, everybody's okay, I just don't want you to be normal, is that okay, 
Because I don't want you to be normal. Because again, I think the thing that complacency does, it's the greatest hindrance to growth and stretching in your life as anything possible. If you're comfortable where you are, there's no room for growth there. Now I'm going to try and push you spiritually. My job as your pastor is to spiritually stretch you and to remind you that God has not called you to a life of mediocrity. That God has not called you to a life of complacency. That Jesus did not leave glory, come down to earth, walk the streets for 33 years, live a perfect life, die on a cross, pay for sins that were not his, be put in a tomb that was not his, get up out of the grave, send the same spirit that raised him from the dead to you and I, just so that live a whole hum mediocre, complacent life with complacent marriages, friendships, families, jobs, as a mom, as a dad, as a follower of Jesus. Listen to me. No. He has a great purpose for you. He has a calling for you. He has a plan for you. And though the thief may come to steal, kill, and destroy, that sounds pretty toxic to me. No, God has come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If there's anybody thankful for Jesus in this place, can we take five seconds and give him a big shout of praise in this place? Listen, toxic, you become complacent. I'm trying to challenge you. Don't let that be the case this year. Don't let that be your life this year. Because this is what I know is that God, now to glory to God in Ephesians chapter 3.20, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than you can ask, think, or imagine. He's got a plan for you. The Bible also says that you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that he planned for you long ago. So I'm going to challenge you. Toxicity leads to complacency. I wonder if we would have a church full of people saying, you know what? I don't want to be complacent anymore. I don't want to just step into this toxicity anymore. Let's see if we can get into the presence of Jesus. What would happen if some men said, oh, we're sick. I know we're connected by this leprosy sickness. I know we got some, some arms falling off. I know this is like a dangerous little thing. Like, this is really hard. This is terrible. But I've heard about this guy named Jesus. I'm trying to get into the presence of Jesus. Let's go find where Jesus is and let's go there. I heard he can heal people. I heard about what he's doing and if he can heal them, I believe he can heal us. And I came to remind somebody today at the 945 service, I want to tell you get around a group of people that say no matter what it takes I'm going to get in the presence of Jesus. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to find where he is and I'm going there. Get you some people that have that same desire. Come on, is there anybody desiring today to get in the presence of Jesus? Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house? <laughs> yeah, and so I got, two, I got two steps for you. You ready for them? Yeah. About six of us. Are you ready for them? Yeah. There we go. I like it. I got two steps. I'm going to lead to it. This is what I want you to see. Ghosts, they go searching for Jesus. They find Jesus finally. The Bible says that ten men stood at a distance from Jesus. They cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. 
And you know what the Bible says that I think is so powerful? Sometimes we would just rewrite over it. It says, he looked at them. I think we ought to stop right there and thank God for that when I'm sick, when I'm struggling, when I'm far off, when I'm diseased, that he sees me even in the middle of it. And that might, might, might not be a big deal to some of you, but I've been isolated before. I've been in this community of toxic people. Is there anybody thankful for a Savior that sees me, knows the real me, says, okay, I know what you're going through, and I'm going to speak to you in the middle of it. I'm thankful for a God that we serve, that Jesus would stop, and he looks at them. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Then watch what Jesus says. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. See, I'll just tell you that's not what I would expect Jesus to say, right? I'm just going to be honest. No, Jesus, that's not really what I was expecting you to say. I, I pretty much would have expected Jesus to be like, Oprah, come on, somebody, you get a healing, and you get a healing, and you get a healing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was expecting that, Jesus, not what you just said. Go and show yourself to the priest. And this is what I know is that if you had leprosy, what you would find out is you only went to the priest if you were healed. The Bible, the Bible just is very clear that you would go to the priest if you were healed. The priest would examine you, and then if you were cleansed, you would be sent back into society. But watch what Jesus is doing. He's telling them to go and show yourself to the priest. And you can imagine for just a second, did what he just say? Like, what he just like, bro? I still got I, like I still got leprosy. We mean go show myself to the priest. We know, we know what's happening. Like I'm not healed yet. But watch what the Bible says. It says something so powerful. It says this, and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. See, that's what I got to thinking about, that mine and your healing is honest. I believe it's predicated. I think it's based on the fact of whether or not you will listen to Jesus and do what he says. And I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. If you want a motto to live for your life in 2024, listen to Jesus, do what he says. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. And I'll just tell you that on the other side of the step, there's healing there. And I think about even what James 5, 16 says. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. There is a step involved. There is a process to it. And I'm telling you today, if you want to replace toxic community with relationship that is God honoring, God just, just chasing after, you've got to step out. Somebody say, step out. That's your step. That's your first step. It's to step out. You've got to step. Out. Jesus was saying, you know what, I'm not going to heal you until you step out. And I just wonder today, listen, I, I, I think Jesus is trying to just encourage some of us in the room. If you would do what he would tell you to do before you saw any sign that the miracle was coming. Any sign that the healing was on his way. I, I had this, it was in the bottom of my Bible, I'm going to read this to you. Is your trust in God strong enough that you act on what he says even before you see evidence that it will work. I'm going to say it again. About Randy got it. That was it. All right, here we go. Is your trust in God strong enough that you act on what he says before you see evidence that it will work? I think there's going to be some people today that you need to step out. That you need to step out of the comfort zone, step out of the toxic relationship, and replace it with some godly relationship. Because I just believe as you start stepping, Jesus will start healing. 
That as you start going, as you take the step and say, I'm going to step out. It's uncomfortable. It's not, it's not easy. I'm going to step out. If you will do that, I just believe healing is on its way. And I just want to just take a second. There were some people that we had them share their story. And it's going to be a voiceover. You're going to hear it in a second. I'm going to dim the lights, do all of that. But I want you to listen to some people's story of when they stepped out, what God did in their life by saying yes to some godly community. Come on, let's, let's throw that video up there. That would be awesome. One of our goals whenever we first started looking for a church was we wanted to find a group of people that we could do life with outside of just Sunday mornings. And that was something that we found really quickly with Purpose Church. And a big reason for that was cruise. We were a little bit anxious going into our first crew because we literally knew nobody. Um, so we were a little bit nervous, but there was never a quote-unquote awkward phase. We walked in not knowing anybody, and we walked out with family. And it has felt like that since the moment we walked in, um, ever since we started, which has just been the most incredible thing. The amount of love that I've received over the past year would have never been possible had I not joined a crew. Crews are all about building community, and I have prayed for so long that God would send me a community of women who were chasing Jesus and not afraid to show it. Not only did he answer my prayers and bless me with the most amazing godly girl gang, I got to learn more about him and his word. I am so thankful for this group of women that I am now connected with and so grateful to call them my friends. We are there for each other, we're able to encourage one another, pray for each other, and uplift each other. I am not sure how I ever lived without these ladies in the past. All praise to God for everything he's doing here at Purpose Church and through our crews. Um, I've been a, a part of several crews over the last couple of years, and it's been great. Um, God definitely uses crews in my life to encourage me, to draw me closer to him, to learn more um, about who he is. And um, I think probably one of the best things that I've gotten out of crews has been all of the friendships. Um, folks that maybe I don't get to hang out with on Sunday morning, but have really been able to, to get some great friendships. Um, folks who I know are not just going to be um, fair weather friends, but are going to do life with me. They're going to pray with me. They're going to encourage me. They're going to challenge me and that's been really amazing so I'm very thankful for Cruz let's go let's give it up for Cruz here at Purpose Church come on somebody I love it so I, I, I wanted to invite I wanted to invite some of you up here uh, or wanted to invite some of our crew leaders up here because I wanted to show you that there's some people that are stepping out as you step out and uh, if you want some non-toxic relationships, you want some relationships that are godly and God-honoring, I want you to just be able to look at some people that are going to be leading a crew and say, hey, you know what? These are some people that are actually stepping out with me. So I'm going to ask them a question. How many of you are leading a crew for the very first time, by the way? Come on. Woo-wee. Look at there. All right, then. I love it. So, so. Again, we always say it, I've never asked you to do something that our, that, our, um, that our team is not willing to do. And these guys and gals, are it's not because they're just barely brand new Christians. No, these people love Jesus, but they're stepping out and leading something uncomfortable, doing something uncomfortable. And I want to just, just, just introduce them to you. Is that okay with everybody? Because again, if you, want some to if you want to replace toxic relationship with some godly relationship, you're looking at some right here that we won't throw out in front of you, okay? Everybody okay? Everybody okay? 
All right, good. Here we go. I'm going to introduce them, and I just want to take a moment just to honor them because they're willing to say, you know what, we're going to walk through this with, with each other, with you, with this church. As we grow, we're going to choose some growth together. So I got up first. We got men's, women's, and co-ed. So whether you fall into any, obviously men, you fall in that category, women fall in that category, and we got couples uh, uh, that are married, some singles, some co-ed, just all of that kind of combined as well. I'm going to read them to you. And on your way out today, stop by the Connect area out there. You can't even miss it. Like they're at the door ready for you to say, hey, you know what, I want to get plugged in. I want to have a, a, a family that can grow alongside of me. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about it. Our men's crew, we got an uncommon men led by my man Josh. If you want to do like a kingly wave, all right, Dan, uh, that'd be great. Awesome. Uh, college guys and college girls are led by a couple that uh, just got married this last year. It's David Wagner and Aubrey Wagner. Come on, they're going to be leading. Love that. Uh, Connect, Grow, and Learn is going to be led by Heather Scott. Come on, Miss Heather, let's go. Love it. Messy Moms. Come on, we got some messy moms in the house. You made it to church. You made it. You made it. You made it. Cassie Bixler and Jordan Kelso are going to be leading that. There's them gals down there. Awesome. Um, single and still worthy, worthy Kaitlyn Kofeld, she actually was the, the, the person that you heard second, their voice, um, the, their story. She's out sick today, but she's going to be leading that. If you are a single woman, definitely going to want to find yourself in that crew right there. Yeah, find your people. Find your people is going to be led by Miss Whitley. You're awesome. Yeah, Miss Whitley's going to be leading that. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. And women diving deeper, Jesse Herring is going to be leading that. There you are right there, Jesse. Awesome. I want to just introduce you to, to these people because you know why? If you're looking to replace toxic with healthy, you're looking at some people. You're looking at some people. I don't want to have any excuses saying I don't even know who to go to. They got a crew shirt on. Come on, somebody, all right? Trying to help you because you're going to need to step out. The next thing uh, is co-ed. So uh, leading one of our crews this semester, it's going to be awesome to see a step deeper by my man Monty Hancock. Where's Mr. Monty? Right there. Let's go. My man Monty, incredible. Message recap for couples, so if y'all want to take the message and you want to kind of dive into it a little further, Miss um, Randy, uh, Miss Randy, sorry Randy, Miss Miss Tika and Mr. Randy are leading that, come on, they're leading the couples there, awesome, love that, better together, Blake and Lachey Petty are leading that, a married, married crew is right there, you guys are awesome, awesome. Salt and Light, Stacy and Wendy Speed are leading that, also Roy and Jennifer Riley are helping lead that as well right here, come on, I love that. That's for couples that are 40 plus. Come on, I got a, we got a crew for you, all right? Got a crew for you. Don't act like this. We just, no, we got a crew for you. It doesn't matter what age. You got a little gray in your hair? Come on, I got you. We got you. I got a little gray in mine. It's terrible. Okay, here we go. Um, financial peace. Come on, who needs some financial peace this year? My man Kyle Howard is going to be leading us through that. It's going to be awesome. The art of marriage. You got kids married with kiddos that are young. Damien and Olivia Cook. Damien is right there. There they are. Awesome. Leading through that. Vertical marriage, Casey and Lake and Darnell, Sean and Jamie Finley are right there. And so if you guys are married, man, you're getting that vertical worship. Or also, God's indestructible plan for marriage. Come on, that's a great name for a crew. And that is Dustin and Kaylee Wilson if you're married with kids right here. Come on, can y'all give it up for all of our crew leaders? Y'all guys can go ahead and transition off. Y'all are awesome. But they're taking a step. I need you to take a step. I need you to take a step. And so I, I asked them very uncomfortably that they would be up here on this platform today. Guess what? Very uncomfortably for some of them to stand up here. I'm asking some of you to be uncomfortable and step out. And I'm also asking the last thing we'll land the plane on is this. Stand out. Somebody say stand out. Somebody say step out. Somebody say stand out. 
We'll land the plane on this, and I want to tell you that I think that, again, according to Scripture, if you look at Luke 17, verse 15, the Bible says, one of them, somebody say one, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. Somebody shout, praise God. Yeah. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, excuse me, thanking him for what he had done. And I just believe that if you want to replace if you want to replace toxic with healthy, that you're going to have to step out and you're going to have to stand out. Dustin, were you just trying to get us to join crews? Absolutely. You know why? This place is growing. This place is getting bigger. And I do not want any of you to fall through and, and think that, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be able to do whatever I want to do. and kind of Man, nobody cares about me. No, 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 no. We got people that love you. I care about you. And as we grow bigger, listen, I want this place to also be a, a place of family and community. And that's why we have crews. That's why I'm asking you, would you step out? Would you stand out? That there has to be something different about you than there is other people. That you can't, like you have to have some boundaries, some guardrails in your life. If you're willing to put them there, like this guy, he stood out from everybody else. The ten were healed, but there was one living different. Went back to Jesus. And I'm trying to encourage some people today that you may have to have some boundaries where you say, I can't go there anymore. I can't share this type of relationship with them anymore. I can't ask them this advice on this anymore. I I can't spend time in that environment like I did anymore. And just like this one man, this may lead to isolation initially, but it is a necessary step for healing eventually. And I'm going to tell you, you may feel like, oh man, I'm standing out on my own. Man, when we got people that are willing to step out and stand out with you. So I'm asking you today, would you do me a favor? Yes, I love that you're here on a Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, some growth is going to happen when you commit to saying yes to something on the way out today at Cruz. If you, you, you submit to saying, you know what, hey, I'm going to be around some people. My environment matters. I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm stepping out and I'm standing out. And we're going to see God do some crazy, crazy stuff this year. I'm just, I just believe it with all I've got. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. And so I just, I'm so thankful for you. And I'm, I, I want you to take a step today. I want you to take that. So why don't we do this? Can we stand to our feet all over this house? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to just take a moment, and maybe some of you, your next step is actually giving your life to Jesus. And you've never said yes to a relationship with Him, but today is that day. we got baptism coming up in a few weeks. What baptism is, is baptism is the outward declaration of what God has done on the inside of you. It's telling everybody out here, hey, I got a, I got a relationship with Jesus. It's the wedding ring of Christianity. I say it's that, it's, that, it's that wedding ring. It shares everybody of the commitment that I've made on the inside of me. So I, maybe there's some of you that need to make that commitment today. You need to give your life to Jesus. And I want you to know that just like leprosy affected a lot of people then, there's this thing in the Bible that it also kind of foreshadows. And it's this the disease called sin that not only has affected some of us, it's affected all of us. That we've all been infected with sin. From the day that we were born, I didn't have to teach my kiddos how to sin. No, they knew how to do it. And here's the thing I want to tell you. Some of you, you need to know today that you need a relationship with Jesus. So maybe you're here. That sin has separated you from God. But Jesus came, gave his life for you, for me, and died on the cross for us. And the Bible says that he paid the price for our sin. And Maybe you're here. You've never accepted that price. You've never said yes to that price of what Jesus has done. I just want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
that you will be saved. So if you need to do that today, I just want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you that that is your next step for some of you. You walked in this place and you might have been dead in your sin, but you can walk out alive because of what Jesus has done. If you want to say something, say something like this. If you want to give your life to Jesus, say this. Dear Jesus, I I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. And my sin had separated me from you. But God, I trust you today. I put my hope in you today. I ask you to be the Lord of my life today. Save me, forgive me. Help me live from this day forward on purpose for you, King Jesus. If that's you and you prayed that or you prayed something like that, I just want to let you know that you just made an incredible decision to put Jesus as the Lord of your life, as the, as the, the, the top dog of your life, one calling all the shots in your life. And if that's you, we want to be a church that celebrates that. We want to walk through it with you. We want to let you know that you are not alone as you step out on this new journey in following Jesus. And so if that's you and you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today, would you do this? Would you shoot your hand up over your head and say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today? You can raise it up. You can drop it right back down. Awesome. Anybody else say, hey, that's me? Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love that. That's the reason why we do what we do. It's for the one, it's for the the two, the people that just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. We want to connect, help connect you to Jesus. And we just preach Jesus and know that the Lord is doing the connecting. And so we want to also, though, help you live on purpose. So that's kind of another mission that we have, the, the second part of this mission as a church, that we want to walk alongside of you. We want to help connect you to, uh, to, to help you live on purpose. You've been connected to Jesus because of what Jesus has done. Now, let us help you live on purpose. Let's walk this thing out. And so, here's the thing. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit bold in a second, too. It's going to be to step out of your seat. And once you come, let somebody on either side of this platform, and we have people on both sides, that you can let know, hey, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus today. I just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and you're more than welcome to move. We would love to celebrate what God is doing in you. One, two, three. If that's you, I'd ask you to move. People on both sides of the platform for you. Love to talk with you. Love to celebrate with you. Just this incredible decision of saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. Awesome. 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 Why don't we do this purpose, church? Can we lift our heads? Can we put our hands together? Can we thank Jesus for salvation being in this room today? Come on, don't just golf clap today. Come on, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place, in this room?